Para bailar la bamba, para bailar la bamba, se necesita una poca de gracia, una poca de gracia, y arriba, y arriba, por ti seré, por ti seré. Ready? Bamba, 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 yo no soy marinero. Yo no soy marinero, soy capitán, soy capitán, soy capitán. Ready? Bamba, bamba. Bamba, bamba. One more time. Bamba, bamba. Bamba, bamba. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for opening up the show that way. There you go. I don't think anybody... No, nobody's done that one. Hilarious. There you go. Nobody's done that <laughs> Break one. Break the ice, right? Welcome welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you guys here in the studio, man. Thank it's, you for it's having always us. Nice, uh, what do you guys think? I love it. Nice? This is great. Really nice. I, I love the fact... Well, first of all, you guys are not from T Toronto, T-O. No. Yeah. Not originally. No, no, no. No, no you're never originally, right? No. You just flew in. You guys are like, yeah, you made the smart move of not being here. <laughs> No, like, yeah, I like Toronto. It's a you good like Toronto? Town. I mean, Wednesday really? night last night was a good, good happening town. You go in Vancouver, where we're from, and it's pretty quiet. Yeah, here. you're both from Vancouver. Originally, yeah, originally, yeah. right? But now yeah. you're in Vancouver, but you're in, in uh, Calgary. In Calgary, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So well, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I, I first start off with RBC. So Tim, I got his tea. I wear a different contractors' tea every show, so I just give him a shout out. Simple awesome. as that. So. I think I don't have a tea from you. Oh, I'll get you some Ooh, gear. If you look underneath the table, there's about uh, 200 teas underneath the table. From everybody? Yeah, from everybody that's oh, coming. That's it. I got to bring you some. Right? So it's just like teas, hoodies, hats, yeah. uh, toques, everything. We, we can hang them in the background, right? We used to do that on the back there. It started to look a little like a frat house, so we kind of <laughs> started bringing them down and clean up the shop a little bit. But nice. uh, welcome, guys. And I, I just share your deets. Philippe, I, I want everybody to know because I don't have the deets in front of me, but yeah. No worries. Yeah, I'm Felipe, owner of Versa Homes. We build custom homes in Vancouver. And, uh, yeah, we're just trying to be a contractor, you know? Just trying to be a contractor. Just trying to be a contractor. Uh, I don't like that word, just. No. You're, <laughs> you're, building, you're building homes, like proper homes, we are, right? Yeah. So, you, like, are. there's a lot of attention to detail and care and all kinds of stuff, and we're going to get into that whole world, right? So, Sounds good to me. And then you brought a friend. <laughs> yeah, Josh from uh, Engage Building Products. So, yeah. we manufacture aluminum extrusions for claddings for towers, houses, commercial, uh, single-family uh, brands are fast plank, quick panels, and easy trim reveals. How long has Engage been around? Uh, twenty ten, new. Yeah. All right, and I know we're going to get into the whole world about how it came about, how it got started. But yeah. I find it fascinating that when we were talking last night, like mm -hmm. literally, the story starts with a paint bucket, like a tile bucket, yeah. like a bucket. That's right. And and was it a Civic Honda? His his little was it a Civic? Was it a Civic? A little junkie. Tell me, it was like a Hyundai Pointy or something like that. Mm, safari van, a was safari, a safari van. van. No, we had a little car for a while. Mm, no, it was a time we were. You, I, I always remember driving down the highway, and you and I were both like. We had a Plymouth Voyager at some point and a safari van. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's an upgrade, be, I would be. say, going from the Plymouth to the safari. It was donation from my parents. <laughs> <laughs> what, what color was it? It was. Uh, it was sky blue. Did they still do wood paneling on those safari fans at the time? No, on the Plymouth, though, they did. On the Plymouth, yeah. they yeah. did, yeah. yeah, Plymouth, yeah. yeah the the Plymouth full wood grain or whatever it was. Yeah, picked it up from the auction for like 200 bucks, drove it till it blew up, and then go back and buy a new one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, no, I wanted you to share all of these. What's the, the Instagram handle? 
Uh, at Versa Homes. Yeah, Versa Instagram, Homes. Instagram, website, yeah. www.versahomes.com. And then email uh, to get a hold of you or whatever. Felipe at versahomes.com. Oh, F-E-L-I-P-E. Uh, so we're at, yeah, engagebuildingproducts.com. Okay. And you can get to it through fastplank.com, quick panels, or uh, easy trim reveals. Nice. All right. So from the bucket to here. To so one of the questions you had was, how, how did Versa Homes come about? Yeah. And this is why I brought Josh, because he was a big part of it. And... Uh, a uh, little story, as you know, I used to be a musician. Yeah. And I used to come back from the road and, I, hey, Josh, you got any work? And Josh had a tiling company. Yeah. And uh, Josh said, come work with me. So I'd make a few bucks before I head out on the road again. And uh, I kind of got used to it. And Josh gave me the good and bad news that he was moving on to Hardy. And How long did you tile for before you made the decision to move on to Hardy? Oh, you were a long time. Long time. I was yeah. only with you for like four or five months, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I was probably good 10, 10 years, 12 years yeah. of contracting and tile work. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's, so a, that's a career right there yeah. in Thailand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so Josh and I actually been best friends since grade eight. So we, we met in grade eight when I came from Chile. and Hockey cards in the spokes? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. All right. I just so, want to put everybody in the same kind of age bracket here. That's right. right. And, uh, but yeah, so he was helping me out while I was on the road. And then one day he says, hey, I'm going to Hardy and I think you can do these tile jobs yourself. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. And he gave me my first job. Remember that the, the little red square tiles and that deck? Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, it should have taken me about three hours, but it took me like two days. You know, what was it glass or was it? Uh, no, no, it was just in, in, a, in an outdoor like, patio. Like Remember, almost the, like terracotta bricks, but not in the not in a Spanish mesh. style. Yeah, oh, okay, was, all right, yeah, yeah. This was back in two thousand, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Hey, you can do it." So I started tiling. What was it? The Hardy thing? There was an opportunity that came up, or something? Yeah, like I was contracting, doing tile work, and flipping homes before okay. there was TV shows about them. You of know, of course, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, kind of realized I'd plateaued on, on how big I could get without really having any corporate experience. And I went home and I talked to the wife. I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to get any bigger than this. I just don't know how to, how to grow beyond this point. And maybe two weeks later, uh, the phone rang and somebody had recommended me as a, as a potential hire for Hardy. and Peter Hunter, Peter Pink Hunter, Panther. Yeah. And so okay. literally two weeks after saying that the phone rang and it was, uh, it was James Hardy building products out in Chicago. Uh, interviewing so me. stateside stateside yeah okay yeah uh but it was to be the install tech for canada initially or, or western canada okay so went down to chicago interviewed uh it was a fun interview got the job there you know kind of sat and said uh exactly this i need some corporate experience so i can learn how to grow i won't take another corporate job anywhere else but i won't be here forever either you're just being honest yeah they were like perfect let's go this is what we want yeah but you grew pretty quick there too. Yeah. He went from tech yeah. to Install like tech was, you know, teaching people how to install Hardy at the time. You know, this is 2000, 2003, 2004. This would have been yeah, like the beginning of it. Like people, contractors didn't really know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So they, they, had, they had pockets where they had a lot of volume and then areas where they needed to, to start converting homes from vinyl siding. To, mm-hmm. to Hardy, so to the fiber cement board. So what happened was, is of course, you're taking guys who are, who are cutting vinyl all day and they needed somebody to go out and travel around and teach these siding crews how to switch from 
you know, cutting and installing vinyl to installing fiber cement. Was that, that was initially easy? My job. Um, you got a lot of guys that are just dead set on vinyl, right? <clears throat> you know, it, it, it was more the builders because because the fiber cement upgrade costs, you know, it was, it was quite a bit yeah, before, yeah. at least double double to what vinyl was was, uh, it was charging three, at the three time. bucks a square foot compared to like a dollar or something back then. Just materials, yeah, but yeah. labor was, you know, it was pretty niche at the time. So labor, you'd find people installing fiber cement if a homeowner requested it for, you know, fourteen to twenty bucks. And this is you know before there was a rain screen, so yeah. it was pretty expensive. And now, I mean, it's. I guess most of the Eastern born is mostly Hardy. Like there's a lot of, yeah. I mean, it's Hardy's definitely dominated. Right? Yeah. The amount that they've grown 20 years. Yeah. Right? And especially in, in colder climates where, uh, they added their color plus program. Yep. So the pre-finished boards really took off, especially in Canada. Right. Cause it was durable and it was lasting. It was, it was a strong product. I guess the only hard part was just cutting it and just getting it to place. Right. That, yeah. That was it. A lot of that education was managing the silica. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which became a whole the other thing, right? So, yeah. As a matter of fact, you guys did a great job training. And, and when I first started my tiling company, they he came to me and he goes, hey, here is a nail gun and here is your Hardy Backer subfloor, quarter inch. And he introduced me to that. Yeah. And they would literally give you a compressor, give you a nail gun and a bunch of nails and says, install the product. Here you go. And they teach you and the way you go. And that product was awesome. The only problem with it now is that just too much buildup. Yeah. You know, you got the D-Trust now. Also, that is gone. <laughs> it's, well, yeah. Well, it's still... No, no the backer board. Still, yeah. It's still it's around, just, right? It is still around, yeah. Oh, is it still around? Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I was just told recently that it was discontinued. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't say for sure. I'm not up to speed on... Okay, yeah. on yeah. yeah, I had someone recently in the show here, and and he's he's he was at Hardy for a while too. Oh yeah, uh, Ryan Ralph and oh, on yeah. the Canadian side, right? And yeah. and then he just told me that uh, yeah, they got rid of it. It was as during the pandemic, they just didn't see the value in it anymore. I guess the amount of competition regarding Deetra, yeah, you Deetra's got all awesome, kinds of competitors right? now, right? So well, I mean, there's there was a bit of s- slip up during the pandemic for a lot of manufacturers, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, people thought initially that you had to kind of tighten up, close the close up the, the 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 they did what they shouldn't have done exactly yeah, yeah. so a lot but of manufacturers have to cho- pick and choose you know if we're going to support a product line it's going to be the a skew mm. it's not going to be a b or c skew right so it's kind of that henry ford model you can have any color you want as long as it's black, black. right yeah 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 but i mean schluter did a great job with the ditra ditra heat and build up oh no totally for sure i mean this is a funny story remember i just told you about a house back in in langley yeah and i actually tiled that house uh, oh, yeah, I remember 14 years yeah, ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I removed all the hardwood floors, but the travertine I kept because it's travertine. Travertine is actually coming back now. So I said, let's let's keep the travertine. But my problem was when I removed the floor, I had to build up the whole floor to put the new hardwood down because the hardy back, I had so much buildup with the new heat on top. Mm. So that's where I think Dietra uh, and Schluter, yeah. obviously, they uh, figured, one, it, they out, figured right? it out. You put your cable in the Dietra, and now your, 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 your heights stay down, right? So how did we get from there to here now? And you guys are. So, <laughs> so as a towel well, setter. Yeah, you're a towel setter and you're doing rentals. Yeah. Right? So, so I was, I was a towel setter. My company used to be called JT installations, um, as a towel setter, which was after my son Jada's, okay. uh, my first born. And, you know, I, with the love of music, I kept touring. And as I was, you know, playing music, we actually got a record deal with Island Def Jam, uh, Jet Black Stair was the band, and it's time to go. So I sold my tiling company for thirty grand, without the van, without my phone number. So that was a great deal. 
I just, I trained him. I gave him all the contacts. He did well, you know, Uh, but I sold it 30 grand. I thought this is enough money to kind of give it a go. And I went on tour and a year and a half later came back flat broke. It was an (laughs) awesome experience (laughs) and I couldn't compete against the guy. Right. So we didn't have any paperwork either. (laughs) There was no legality. He just gave me 30 grand and I trained them. And so you came back thinking to start up the tile again. No, I could. Well, there was no, no compete. But it is a, a, a family friend, so I couldn't really compete. So I went, so how do I, how do I start working? Because I need to work and not compete against them. So I started Versa Tile and Bath Solutions. So I would do it, it, Versa and Tile. It's versatile. versatile. So I am a versatile guy that's starting to do bathroom rentals because half a bathroom is tile, right? Yeah. I thought, why not? Let's do it. 2009. That works. It's awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. We, we just started to evolve and, you know, Ladies asking me, hey, you're doing my bathroom. Can you do my kitchen? I'm like, oh, God, I've never done a kitchen before. So, Did you tell her yes? Of course. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> right? so, never did it. Let no. me watch a video. Oh, wait, no, there's no YouTube. I did that. No. Yeah, there was starting to be YouTube, right? Be, and okay. it was actually a joke. What, did you learn that on YouTube? Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, funny enough, now YouTube is probably one of the biggest universities for everyone. Exactly. Yeah, right? That's amazing. So, anyway, I went from a bathroom to a, to a kitchen to, hey, can you do the upstairs? And... You know, and we run pretty tight and I learned and I, I'm super interested in everything. So I, I picked it up pretty quick. And I think 2011, I had a little incident and sliced my arm, as you know, and I couldn't work Not anymore. a little incident. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty sick. Yeah. Couldn't work anymore. And it was kind of a horrible thing, but it was the best thing ever because it forced me to manage my company. I had to literally sub everybody. And I was like, hey, like, who's going to do the job better than me? Like, I don't trust anybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Little did I know that when you hire all the professionals, your job turned out 10 times better than what you used to do. It was, was it setting aside the ego? To- it, wasn't, it wasn't an ego. It was a worry. Okay. It was not an that ego. They can't do as good as you. It was a worry that, you know, like I take my clients very seriously. I want to, to make sure they're all happy. So, like, if I hire somebody else and they don't do a good job, then it's on me. So, it was a worry thing. But then when you start to hire good people, you go, oh, wow. Geez, like this is great. You what know, was the size of the job that you were working on when the accident happened? Uh, when the <laughs> that's a, Ooh, oh, sorry, okay. That that, that I, I don't know if I should tell this story, but it's it's pretty <laughs> pretty rare. Uh, I don't know how crazy you can get with this estimate on that job. <laughs> the reason why I cut my arm because the the homeowner flustered me completely. Hold, okay. <laughs> uh, you tell me like you want to share you want to share it i don't I know mean, how much you can share but it, no. it, it's not that bad but it, it's funny so a friend of mine recommended me to this lady and she says yeah can you come by i'll be there at eight o'clock because i used to do my estimates at eight pick up materials at seven estimates at eight on the site at nine she goes no no you can't come until nine o'clock i'm like okay no problem so i show up at five two i get out of my truck and i go to the door and it says there by appointment only I'm like okay in the background, poison is playing. Rock, just loud as, you know, I thought the kids were getting ready for school and pumping up the music. <laughs> so she opens the door, and she's got, like, like net um, stockings, Fishnets. stockings, yeah. <laughs> leather, like, bikini, and a, and a whip on her hand. Are this you is no the joke. pizza boy? Like, what's going on here? She goes, come, she goes <laughs> come on in. And I'm like, what is going on here, right? She whips me with the whip. And she goes, upstairs you go. And I'm like, what kind of an estimate is this? Like, what is going on here? 
So I'm going up the stairs, and there's clothing up the stairs, like as if somebody took off their clothes. Okay. And as I walk into the bedroom, we're supposed to be tiling the master bathroom there, hooked up to like ceiling swings on pink (laughs) underwear with a strap in his mouth and blindfolded. (laughs) And she's whipping the bed. She goes, so are we going to get this going? I'm like, oh, what the heck's going on here? I'm like... What am I here for? And then they both like start laughing their heads off. They set me up, of right? Course, yeah. And uh, so anyway, it started like that. But she was pretty like, she was asking me to do some, she wanted a double bench on the shower and a little yeah. little high bench to put her leg up, measure her inseam for the jets. And I'm like, <laughs> it was flustering, man. Like I literally, day number three, I cut my arm with, with a knife just because I was so flustered with her. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, holy moly. But it was a, it was a, Interesting. <laughs> Where did you leave the clipboard on the main floor? Or did it make it up to the second floor? The which one? The clipboard for the estimate. Oh, so that was stayed up there because we. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, holy moly! They, we had a good laugh for a long time after that. And, but anyways, that's when I cut my arm. Those were like bath full bathroom renos, yeah. not just the top. So when job. was that? That was two thousand and two thousand eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still fascinated that Versa Homes is like young. Very young. Like less than. Oh. Uh, well, legally, so I was a sole proprietorship, so I was running under my name. Yeah. And then we... Smart. Yeah. <laughs> and then after, we, you know, we incorporated. Um, I'm going to say about 2015 we incorporated. Yeah, so very young. Very young, yeah. yeah. And our, our first home builds were in 2016. Yeah. Right? And now we're building crazy homes everywhere. But Property, yeah, it went from little, little bathrooms to, to kitchens to, you know... And that's what we touched upon a little bit. Like we were ta- just talking about how you can go from that bucket to this. Crazy. And I think a lot of people, a lot of tradespeople, you guys probably see it. Like they just get stuck in their ways. They're just stuck at that. They don't, I don't see the, they don't see the possibility of getting to that point. No. And, and, and to be honest, I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't start tiling with Josh with the possibility of becoming a contractor. If you asked me if I was going to be a contractor, I would have never known. Although I love construction. I was in it since high school he knows woodworking and working in construction but never really thought hey i want to be a contractor but i started really enjoying putting things together and going wow stepping back and going this is cool plus you get experience if you are needing to work young and being a laborer to every single trade right Mm -hmm. and that's problem solve a lot faster it's part of the benefit that we had in experience was being the guy to go for whatever it is the tradesperson wanted, right? So you got to yeah. see a lot of scheduling without even knowing it, but you're absorbing it the whole time, you know? Yeah. Whether you're a laborer for drywall this week and then you're a laborer for yeah. an electrician the next week and wherever you could pick up a job that was going to pay you cash for, you know, that 8 to $10 uh, an hour thing back then, do, right? Do you know what, what taught me the most? And I tell this to every new laborer that I hire. I say, when I send you to go sweep the job site, pay attention. Yeah. And I used to literally sweep the job site and look at like how they framed that or how the tile layout was or, or, you know, what the room was like. And I was really paying attention when people sweep a floor, they're not really paying attention. They're out in outer space and they're just sweeping. Yeah. So sweeping is the best thing you could do. If you pay attention, you'll learn a ton. It's true. Yeah. You know, but for, you know, anybody who gets in the trades though, too, you get to see what the other side is doing. Like the, the homes that Felipe's building right now are pretty aspirational. Yeah. So if you're a young guy in an aspirational home looking at somebody who's building these multi-million dollar homes, you should be inquisitive enough to go, what do they do? How do I get there? And start sort of visualizing yourself in these spaces. And that's mm-hmm. where 
you know, you, you pick up on those things and, and you figure out if I'm going to climb out of this situation to that situation, it, it starts with, with first having that desire to be like, I want, I want a piece of this too. You know? Well, also appreciate the opportunity because not everybody gets the opportunity to get onto a job site like yours. yours yeah, I know. And see the true. detail at different stages yeah. and experience. And actually you're, you're, you're learning because you, it's in construction, it's easy to see how things were put together. Yeah. yeah, you may not know how to do it at that very moment, but your wheels are already spinning. Well, oh, my wheels are always yeah. spinning. Remember, we used to we used to drive, and we, both of us, yeah, just brainstorm and brainstorm. Yeah, and we uh, have little signals here because if I'm getting off my my oh. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> but so, my peripheral's bad, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, if you're jabbering too much, you let no, 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 no it's fine. Um, but anyways, yeah. So opportunities are are what you have to. Be aware of when somebody well, gives it's the you kids. One. That's what I'm saying is that like if someone's inviting you on a job site, especially a, a larger job site or even a small job site, yeah. pay attention to details. Hundred yeah. percent. Because if you've got a small bathroom, I want to go back to bathrooms, right? Mm -hmm. Pay attention to how they maybe framed the niche. Pay attention to how they did a curb list. Pay attention to how the plumbing was run. Pay attention to all these things. Yeah, you're getting an education for free. Totally. As you're sweeping. Yeah. yeah. Easiest world. Yeah. I love sweeping. That's just one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. <laughs> I go to the job site. That's about all I do. But they right? got vacuums now. We can do vacuums. Ah, no, sweeping is no. great because you can't think clearly. I, I, I find it therapeutic, actually. It is kind of. Yeah, I had no problem always picking up trash and yeah. sweeping, keeping things tidy. You never knew when the client was going to stop by. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was just like you always want the nice, tidy job site. Oh, we we're sticklers with that. Right, and my guys know no mess on the job site. It just shows care and attention, right? And that's the client's investment. You know, they're buying all these two by fours with everything that they're spending money on and some guys have it all over the job site and it's a mess it's like, guys somebody paid good money for this i know you know treat like, it with kindness and keep it organized it goes back to what the inside of your work truck looks like it's a reflection of what's going on in your life and who yeah. you are as an individual yeah. as corny as that may sound it truly is it truly is and it goes both ways it's i used to go to a client's home and if their garage was a mess a i knew what kind of client uh, it would be and if they were tidy i knew that we had to be extra extra careful and tidy it's very true you know so so josh how did you come about this when you're working at was it at hardy that the idea came up it was at hardy yeah so i learned a ton at hardy hardy's a fantastic company uh, as a manufacturer a lot of people certainly a lot of, a lot of people a lot of organizations sort of build it and say, you know, if we build it, they'll come. Yeah. Where Hardy's approach was, um, how do we go promote change? So they call it pri primary demand, right? How do we manufacture a great product, but then also create a demand for it in the market? And so they, they meet with every stakeholder along the way to, to get everybody in line for the end user to say, yes, we want to use it. And then all the pieces uh, fall in line. So they did a really, really great job of, of, sort of how to manage and create step change in a market. And so the initially, um, initially their whole, their whole premise was how do we convert vinyl to, to fiber spin fiber lap spin, siding, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, I think at that time, vinyl siding represented about three and a half, four billion square feet a year. Uh, but the other half of the equation was, uh, was stucco. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, looking at the two, it was really about, uh, you know, vinyl is, if you convert a user from vinyl to, to Hardy, the installer kind of loses. Yeah. Right? Because in order for it to, to create the right switching costs, the on-the-wall cost has to fall in line yeah. so that a builder will invest in it. And the only way to have the, the 
on the wall cost fall in line is to basically try to get the installers to be more efficient. So if, the, if it's challenging when you're trying to adopt a new product and when you're setting your ways, right? Because yeah. you have your efficiency plan at, at that point. So you get on site, you already know how to set up everything, but now you have to try to rejig that. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is challenging. Like Felipe was saying, the vision of the leaders at, of Hardy at the time, you know, put in everything in place. So guys needed tools. We're going to invest in tools. We're going to, yeah. we're going to give them the compressor. We're going to give them the nail gun. We're going to give them the chop saws. We're going to give them whatever it is that they need to, to buy into the program because the best customer is going to be a repeat customer. Yeah. I remember that I got that gun and I got that compressor, which we couldn't afford at the time. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. I was so excited. I would, let's go buy some Hardy. Yeah. Just to use them. Yeah. You know how we are with tools, right? We just want to use them. Yeah. And I was like, let's go get some Hardy. This is great. You know? And, uh, yeah, it was a good move. I mean, tools for anything, even employees in your business is key. Yeah. Give people tools and your business thrives, right? Shirts, Back hoodies, hats, pencils, tape measures, everything, right? It is just to build that brand with, uh, with new users, right? Yeah. Everybody's doing that now. They understand. They see the value in it, right? Yeah. That's the thing about it. And you're also like, it's, I, I don't think you see dirty contractors anymore i think there's an image now everyone's trying to portray an image everyone's trying to there's a lot of black right but the thing is it kind of looks good and i like that you started seeing certain brands treating it as a uniform yeah well you know social media has been a big player on yeah. that you know you, you you start to look at other builders um that you admire or you, you know um like when i used to look at your videos i'm like man this guy's good yeah <laughs> you know with hardcore renos i just loved it um, and you start to go, okay, we got to do it like that, you know, and, and you learn. So I didn't make much friends though. I was creating all these waves, man. I don't know, man. I've been a fan ever since. No, but it's just because I always questioned it. I, I always had this mentality of like, when it's being done for the very first time at the very beginning, yeah. you have two roads you can go down. You can do it the fast and cheap way, or you yeah. can do it the proper way or try something new. Yeah. It's probably going to take the same amount of time and effort. Yeah. yeah but you used to, you used to do it good. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to love when you used to tile and you put the, the camera on the very top of the shower. Way back and, in the and day. Then speed like before like, started, they all do it now. Right? This yeah. is what everyone's doing now, but you did it, what, 10 years ago, was it? Yeah, pl 10 plus. 10 plus the years one, ago. The, one of the craziest ones that I ever did was I did um, I did a mosaic oval around the cast iron, not the cast iron tub, a freestyling tub. Yes, I remember that one. One fucking tile at a time. Yeah. And this is before people were doing CNC cutting and all this yeah. shit. Yeah. And I used to be big and you used to be big on on uh wall detail too. Oh, the walls, the accents, the detail. Yeah. Like it's funny is the thermary, like you talk about the, the wood behind me. Yeah. When I first met them at IBS, uh Atlanta in 2000 and this I can't remember when this how far back it would have been it would have been the first time I went to IBS, right? Um, I, I see this product and I go up to them and I'm like, can I put this in a shower? Since 1991, Mississauga Hardware Center's MHCI, or Saga Tools as the cool kids call it, has been a trusted name in the construction supply industry, serving the greater Toronto area as a family-founded, owned, and operated company. They take pride in their reputation as one of the most respected construction supply providers in the GTA. At MHCI, they stand out for their commitment to fast and efficient service. Their team of friendly, courteous, and knowledgeable staff is available to assist you with any questions you may have. They understand the importance of product knowledge and strive to provide an unsurpassed level of expertise to their valued customers. They take pride in their ability to purchase large volumes of products directly from manufacturers worldwide. This enables them to pass on substantial savings to their customers. Whether you're embarking on a do-it-yourself project, constructing a multi-million dollar building, or involved in city infrastructure development. Their products and prices remain highly competitive within the industry. 
Order online at www.mississaugahardware.com or better yet, go and visit them in person and always check out what's happening on their social at Mississauga Hardware Center with C-E-N-T-R-E. And they just looked at me like I was weird, right? Yeah. I was looking at this product, I was going, I'll put it in a shower. And then all of a sudden I made the wood shower. Yeah. And I totally pulled it off, fully waterproofed and put wood, ash wood cool. in the shower. I remember that, yeah. And it turned out beautiful. And then it was a curved ceiling, right? Because I, yeah. I put a curve yeah. on the shower because the ceiling was a basement, but it was a backsplit basement. So the ceiling height was like 12 feet. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't have this narrow bathroom with this 12 foot high. I remember that. So one, I yeah. just said, let's just put a curve on this, man. And yeah. that'll bring down the ceiling. And it's exactly what it did, right? Yeah, and I that's brought in a black toilet, brought a black vanity. That's right. By the way, don't go black toilet. <laughs> it's like a car. Yeah, you it's dirty all the time. All over it. Wow. Yeah. It's not a smart move. I'm going to have to do it again. I'm sorry. That's why they keep move. them white most of the time, right? <laughs> no, but that's what I was doing. Is I was always questioning trying something new, right? But then when I started seeing your stuff, I was like, what the hell is going on here now? <laughs> like you, you were taking it to the point where it wasn't just the finish finishings. It was just the preparation about the structural component. I was in awe regarding how the building was being put together like, right. and the challenges. And you guys out west have greater challenges because of whatever, rock, hill, slope, yeah. engineering, seismic. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that you guys have to deal with that we don't touch here at all, wow. which is challenging, right? So, But you just brought in professionals. I always did. I, 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 I tested them. I questioned them. I make them sign contracts and make sure that they're like, I looked at their work everywhere. Um, go to the site or go on online? Go, no, no, go to the site and the talk site. to the clients. Because, you know, when you get somebody that you interview, you're always going to give them the best speech ever. Of course. Because you're selling yourself. But the best person to ask is the client. And the client will tell you the truth about that person. The first statement out of their mouth. That's is right. And you got to try to find somebody that's not in their reference list. Hmm. Right? How do you do that? Just ask around, talk okay. to other trades. You know, being being a contractor, you know other contractors. I love chatting with other contractors. Yep. And, and you know, you ask them, hey, have you heard of this guy, blah, blah, blah. And you just keep digging and digging and digging. And when they give you the right information, then you can pull the trigger with confidence, right? Yeah. So was it hard to take yourself out of the equation? I know you were healing. Yeah. Right? But then it was kind of a good and bad situation because all of a sudden now you got to what's been expressed on the show a lot of times you got to work on the business and not swing the hammer so funny we're in toronto um, my mentor bill swinimer uh, is from toronto nice. and he's a very he's my best friend one another best friend uh dan swinimer but the drummer for the band yeah his dad and you know he asked me one day hey flip how's your business going when i was starting out like that i said well bill i'm forced to to work on the business and, and not, not the construction and trying to figure it all out. And he said to me, hey, uh, I got a friend here in Toronto that you can talk to. He just sold his business. I'm sure he'll help you because you're not really competition, right? You're in the West and he's on the East. And I said, sure, Bill. And he put me on the phone with this guy and he just opened up a whole new world for me, yeah. you know, telling me how to do things, um, markups and profits and marketing and then I dove right into the business that way. I've always marketed my company correctly um, or tried to anyways. Um, always worked in the business. I've had software programs forever since the first day yeah. uh, that, I, that I started. Uh, on, the, on the home building side? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was renovations for okay, the, renovations the first while, side. right? Yeah. So I had a program. I don't even know if you know this program. It's called Smart Contractor, which it's, it's very archaic. Okay. But it was a software that no one 
even knew about, right? And then Builder Train came along, and I jumped onto that for ten years, and and uh, it helped along the way. But you know, they're a great company, but they're lacking some things that now I see as a business owner that I need information that's crucial to your business health. Um, so we jumped onto JobTread, and you're seeing a huge difference. Huge difference in JobTread. They are awesome. They're always evolving. I have all the information like really quick. I don't have to jump from one page to another. Easier to get the crew on board? Yeah, so they, they kind of, I'm, I'm always trying new things. So my, my employees are like, oh, not mm. another new software. Well, what's the big deal? Like, yeah. That's the idea, right? No? But they are troopers and they go with it, right? Okay. Um, and now they're all trained on it and, and everybody likes it, you know? So working on your business has been it's been amazing yeah. for me. I mean, that was one of the first things that was impressive about what Felipe did when he turned into a builder was he modernized the approach. So the scheduling, how to streamline it. And I think that's probably why he had such good success so, so quickly is because he found more efficient ways to do it by introducing technology. Mm-hmm. You confronted it. Yeah, you know what? So no one's perfect. No. So I've had some challenges as I was learning. And for example, clients would be like, hey, like when is the drywall starting? I'm like, uh, let me let me call the drywaller. I'll let you know, right? And you get the phone calls at night, and, and you know people are asking you a million questions, and you're like, how do you stop these questions? I just need to focus on the work. Um, so I was always trying to find a solution. How do I do this better? And then when Builder Chain came along, I really dove into it, scheduling everything, making sure all your your financials are straight. You spending? A lot, a lot, right? a lot. People are like, oh, this this is a cell phone contractor. It's never on site. Oh, you have no idea what we're doing in the background still yeah. to this day. Yeah. You know, uh, like I told you, I just spent the whole year rebuilding my website, automating everything in the background, um, using AI and using all the new tools that you have to service your client better, give them a better client experience. So now I can work on the projects and our automation is taking care of the clients. Were you using current clients that were, you were working with and they were coming at you with problems and you were like, okay, there's another problem. There's another problem. I yeah, it, it. I, it wasn't a, pr- it was a management problem, not a construction problem. Okay. It was more of a, you know, when are, when are we doing this? When are we getting the bill? Or how much was this? And, you know, it was just like, oh, there's a lot of questions. When I found build a trend and found out that the client can log in and look at everything, I dove right in, you know? So when you guys are like, when you're looking at things, I know you're very transparent, right? Mm -hmm. But you're transparent, but not transparent. You design your builds the way that you're going to go hop on my ride. Yeah. And I'm going to take you along for this ride. That's right. And you're going to listen to a professional and my professionals that are attached to this. That's right. But online, when you find you, you've got a pretty straightforward system how the ball gets started. Yes. So everything that looks simple in the front it's very complicated in background. Um, and right now, you know, we say, and we do, we do a fixed price. We guarantee a fixed price. We guarantee a schedule as long as you don't change anything. Yeah. And all the scope of work is already up front. We price a job, guarantee your price, and guarantee your schedule. If you change anything, then we do a change order for whether it's financial change order. We add also a time change order if it takes longer. But we always give your house on time. But that's not easy on the background. No, there's a lot on the background. Oh, there's a ton in the background. Like it, it starts with your trades, your staff, uh, Monday morning meetings, making sure everything that was supposed to happen last week. And I want happening. people to know that it's a, it's a two hour plus Monday morning meeting. Yeah, with nine of my employees, and we meet almost every Monday. You know, sometimes like, hey, we're not meeting this Monday. We got everything under control. 
but I'm going to say 90% of the time we're meeting on Mondays. To review the previous week, to the understand previous week, the next week. This week is coming, and the following week. That's What's the key. down the pipe. 100%. Make sure that each individual in your company is taking care of each item that they need to be taking care of. I, I love that you just said about the change order, how you also submit a time change order. You have to. So, so if, if you're, say you're tiling a bathroom and, and the client, as you know, says, hey, you know what, I, made, I changed my mind and I want this other tile. And you're like, okay, no problem. It's going to take us two days to get it here. Um, supplier, you know, order, supplier. Order. I have to rebook my guy, so I'll have to ask him when he can come back, you know, and that's going to be a time change order as well as a price change order, right? So if you're up front with your client, they'll always be okay. You're telling them this is a date. They made a change. You have to quickly make them aware that that change is going to affect their price and their timeline. So do you get clients that are skeptical about you're giving them a time, you're giving them a completion date? Uh, So so it's funny because um, clients are like, yeah, right. They never heard of a contractor giving a house. Two weeks kind of mentality, right? Yeah, so they, they... they don't believe that you're going to give them the house on time. Yes. And and it's funny because when you do give it to them on time, they're like, wow. So you're if impressed. you go to my website on the main page, you'll see a video. I told this client that um, July 5th, he would get his home a year before this. That video was shot in July 5th, and it was a handover. And we rolled the cameras, kind of like you're doing right now, right? <laughs> We're going to see the clients sit down and give us a review. No, we just rolled the cameras. They didn't even know they were getting the red carpet. We had the house with a bow in the front. We rolled out the red carpet. They're waiting for Ty Pennington. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right? they, they, they actually came to the jobs like, what's going on here? All the trades showed up. We had sushi everywhere. We had the architect, the designer. Everyone was there. And they're like, what is going on here, right? I said, you are not allowed on the job site for the last two days of the project because we were setting everything up. It was a a massive surprise at that point. They knew something was coming, but they didn't know that we're doing this full event for them, right? And uh, we just rolled the camera, and you can listen to it there. And and, And and the guy's like, like, I I just, you know, Versa, what he says he's going to do, he does. And that's what makes me happy about the end result. All that hard work you put in the background of your business, when a client just says that, you're like, yes. Uh, Josh, how's, how's taking something new to the manufacturing world? Like, how's that experience? Is that a challenging experience? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. When, when we started with Easy Trim, uh, we had to introduce aluminum to the construction trade. So nobody used aluminum on the outside of a building ever. No. You know, as, as a cider, right? <laughs> no. So, you know, in designing... And patenting the Easy Trim system, at the same time, I, I said, okay, this is going to work. And when this works, it's an introduction to adding aluminum to a standard building material. Then I'll progress it to aluminum panels. And then from aluminum panels, then I'll progress it to uh, aluminum siding. And but, but first, in order to get people to accept it, it had to be something really simple. So In order to get people engaged. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of interesting that you guys are basically basically just the same challenges. The way you were approaching clients, you were approaching the construction industry. Well, he was a sweeper. Look, he went to Hardy, learned everything about it and how to yeah. train those people. Then he grabbed his own product that he made and came up with and trained everybody and give them all the tools and all, all the help they needed. All the support, yeah. 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 When I did his first, um, what, what was it, um, with Fast Plank, 
Yeah. Uh, he sent me some fast plank and we bought it for a project and he sent me one of his guys and the guy sat there and installed with us for two days, making sure we knew what we were doing. Turned out beautiful. Yeah. Who There's does that? Seven install techs. Nobody in does that. Who sends you a guy, flies him out from Calgary to Vancouver for two days. I don't even know anybody's doing that today. Well, he does that. Yeah. And that's the hardy mentality, right? Where yeah. give Full them support. all the tools they need to make sure they learn our product. So they got no excuses. They're just going to actually appreciate the new product. 100%. And then, and then once people touch it and feel it and see that they can make money with it, then it's, it's the job of myself, my sales reps, to create demand for it. So they're like, yes, please, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, but you it's know? not just about money because the product, and I'm not saying that because he's my you best friend. And, yeah, no, I've totally, used yeah. it. You don't need to use rain screen. It's yeah. already built in. It's yeah. click, click, click. It looks gorgeous, and it's never going to rot. Yeah. So you never have to replace it. Yeah. Think about that. Like our, our thought process around it, it was from – from how do you create a win for everybody, including the contractor? Yeah. And because it's aluminum, you can design anything. So if you're going to design something, why don't you design it as if you're the person who's handling it? So what separates us, because we've got competition in this space now, but what separates us from our competitors is we don't make trim profiles. We make siding systems. So it's how do I, how do I design how do you out... position it. Yeah, how do I de design out deficiencies? How do I make sure that when you walk away from the job as a contractor or as a builder, you're not eroding your profitability because you have to go back and, and hit the list of, mm -hmm. oh, there's a, there's a piece missing here. This didn't fit properly. So we handle fit and finish. Everything we do is two-piece. So the idea is, again, as a, as a contractor, which is our base, uh, you know, how, do I, how do I speed up installation so that guys can actually make money at this and it becomes something that they promote and it was interesting listening to, to Felipe talk about his handover of that home on, on, on the 5th there. Yeah. How many people he, he invited to that party that most people wouldn't because it, it's great marketing, right? Like if everybody had success on this project, well, now the designer says, some, somebody that, that he's not in contact comes and talks to that designer and says, well, who do you recommend? Yeah. I, I was part of this great thing because they, they, they feel it, they mm -hmm. experience it, they share it. Same thing having an architect there. I mean, how many, how many turnovers to, to a house as an architect could invited to and this might not even be the principal architect but now you've got so many more people contributing to your to your yeah. buzz you're right? part of the team yeah. yeah part of the team and you know what it, energy it, grows it really yeah. is fun and i want the trades to come out and the clients to see the trades that worked in their home uh and meet the client more on a personal level you know um it, it, it's not just about marketing which it does turn out to be like marketing but but it's just a good thing to do everyone worked really hard to get this house handed over on time some guys worked weekends. Uh, our kitchen people were th uh, three and a half weeks late. We still handed over that hand that that house on time. But to do that, oh, it was something else. And the value that you associated by bringing them back and seeing the finished product, because a lot of trades never get to see the finished product. You, you know what? And the, the trades sit back. Wow, this turned out nice because a lot of trades, like you said, the drywaller comes in and. And he uh, just travels yeah. and see you later. Goes exactly, off to the next right. job site. They don't see the inside. They, they don't see, the, see finish. the finish. But the more people you can educate on that type of vision, then it, it builds that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Everybody eats <laughs> if yeah. they get behind that vision, right? So that's yeah. why will people put in the late late hours? Yep. Still, because they're like, man, if this works, and it, uh, I get another job from him, so I'm going to do it for you. But I also want to be a part of that team, exactly. Right, which is really grows, positive, right? right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, like with with Josh, you. Moving forward from Hardy, you got a cross section of trades. I mean, are we that much different from like a contractor from the west, contractor from the east, contractor from the center? Are we much different, or are we all kind of on the same plane? I I really dummy it down. I think everybody 
is in this to put food on the table, mm -hmm. to, to put their kids in whatever hobbies they possibly can, and to, to, to pay their bills. And then, like I said, if I can if I can come up with more efficient ways that show value to the end user who will who will not necessarily pay more. If the, the fixed ceiling is going to be the fixed ceiling, the budget's the budget. But if I can reduce the hours and make it more profitable for a tradesperson, and if I can uh, give them more time back to their families and hobbies and things like that, that's where sort of the non-product value comes in, right? It's the other things that we can do to make their life better once they understand that we're on their side. And well, I think I think that's a, a, a big deal. So I dummy it down to literally, for me, it's the dollars and cents. I, I want to make yeah. sure that if somebody's getting up in the morning to go do the work, that I'm on their side or my team's on their side to make sure that it's going to be a positive, profitable experience for them. Yeah, I feel like Manny also, I think what you're trying to say there too is, how do contractors in the east compare to the contractors on the west? Because you get to see like people all over the, the North America work on on construction. Yeah, but are they all pretty much the same? All the same. I've always said yeah. that the language is the same. It's the like, same. You and yeah. you, I would even go as far as global. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like it, you talk about how you guys are sweeping and you're just paying attention. Whenever I travel, yeah, I see a construction going on. Yeah, I stop. Yeah. Yeah. I stop and I pay attention yeah. and it depends if I can carry the conversation depending on where it is in the world. Mm -hmm. I may try to communicate and ask a question or two. Right. Yeah. Because you don't look like a contractor when you're traveling, but you see a contractor. And I think that they recognize that if you start paying attention to certain details that you're one of us. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's that kind of connectivity at that point. So all of a sudden you, you you're the same person, but we tackle it. And I like what you said, Josh, where it was like. You're just, and this is what I'm trying to help other people on the show with, is that you've got your eight-hour day. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can make twice as much money or whatever it is, if you could be more efficient and have more jobs in that day or that week or that month, and this product or this technique or this efficiency can contribute to that, mm -hmm. then grab a hold of it and do totally. it. You know, like I was telling you, I'm part of APB Builders. Yeah. And APB Builders is an association that trains contractors. Uh, there's coaching. There's everything. And the reason why I know that everywhere in the world is the same is because they are worldwide. And all the stories that you hear on the, on the forums, on Facebook, you know, when you got your groups and stuff, everybody has the same challenges. Yep. It's just the only thing that changes is the style of building per country. But the challenges are all the same. The, from selling to a client to, you know, dealing with on-site uh, staff, trade. trades, yeah. across the world we have the same challenges, just different products and assemblies for different countries. So if you can learn from someone halfway around the world, 100%. and use it here in your own backyard, might as well. Well, that's the cool part about APB, that they're taking all the information from all over the world, from many, many um, builders, and telling you what the secret sauce is, mm -hmm. right? And how things, you know, they'll, they'll grab things from me and probably teach somebody else. They'll grab things from somebody else and they'll teach somebody else. And they start to put together this plan for you to run your business correctly. But what's beautiful is that you're not concerned about sharing your insight no. and your intellectual property, so to speak, yeah. and how you run your ship. No, I don't want to build 100 homes a year. I don't even want to build more than five. Well, the ones that we build are pretty crazy. Like yeah. they're big, so yeah. you can't really they're handle them. They're about 106 square feet and they probably had a price of what? <laughs> well average basic home is 450 a square foot yeah. and it goes up we're building some that are a thousand 1200 uh 700 you know um but i don't want to i don't want to lose control either because the more staff you get yes you're growing yes you might be making more money but you start 
your service starts to suffer, right? So the key is not to hire more staff. The key is to be more efficient with more the staff efficient. that you have. 100%. Well, I think it's probably, you know, Fleep and I do two different, completely different things, right? Yeah. It, it's to understand what business it is that you want to have. Yeah. So he's not trying to be the mass producer. He's the niche, high-end, aspirational product supplier, right? You're going to get custom. You're going to get hands-on. You're going to get specific, specialized items out of out yeah. of that's the way that's what you're going to get yeah. where on my side i'm i'm more of a how do i how do i turn something into something that's attainable for the masses yeah yeah right so it's it's two different approaches but the first step in your business is to understand what business you want to have what business what avatar you're going after yeah. right you have to have an avatar a lot of contractors are going after everything and anything and that's actually not the right thing to do. Do they do that? Because of the mindset of like when we have those cold, slow days, yeah. I have something else that I can kind of fall back on. But that's plan B. But you, <laughs> so this goes back to marketing your business correctly. Yeah. Funnel. Yeah. Uh, leads. They call it a funnel for a reason. You want a lot of people to go in your funnel and only a few to spit out and the correct ones to spit out. So a lot of it, you'll never have a slowdown if your marketing is done correctly and you get to pick and choose what you want to do. So what's the most important lesson that you've learned being building homes at this scale? The clients are slightly different. Right? So they're, they're, I, I think, well, the clients are slightly different, but that is my avatar because I've always promoted uh, software and you're hands off. You don't have to do anything. And as you know, most clients are like, I'll go buy the tile. Yep. Oh, I'll pick I the lighting when the house it. is framed. I just watched this episode. Yeah. I just downloaded this video. Yeah. Right. So, so my process did not fit the regular client that wants to build a regular home with joe the builder and joe the builder is telling the client to do all the work we don't do that we're like you have to be hands-off so who is hands-off business owners business owners are busy you're running a company you don't want to deal with the house you just want your house built so when business owners come to me and they ask me hey can you build me a house and, and we go over the things and the systems that we have they're like yeah this is the right guy because they have systems, like I have systems in my business. They in say, other industries that right? they handle, yeah. And I know how to run my successful company, and that's all through systems. And Versa Homes has all these systems. We're going to get them to do our home. So that's my avatar, a business owner, that understands how you correctly run a business, you know, how systems work. Because most builders don't have systems. No. They just start calling They're trades. They're reactive. Yeah. Right. So, um, so knowing your avatar is key. Then you can go after the right client, right? But most younger contractors, even older contractors, have mm -hmm. a hard time saying no. That is true. And even I've had a hard time saying no because you want to please everybody. Yes. But that bites you. Sometimes you know? hard. Uh, sometimes hard. So you have to know, you have to listen to your gut. If I've learned anything... You know when you're taking on that client and you're like, and you get oh. a tickle. I know. You're like, I don't know about this one, you know, but you know what? I got to keep the guys working, you know? And you take it, and it's the biggest pain you've ever, you know, inquired. And this was the early days. I've been doing this not for too long, but the last three to four years, you know, I haven't had any issues with picking the right client. Yeah. Because you've interviewed them or you've vetted them. I properly. can tell right away. I'm you like, know right after, yeah. yeah, you know, if, if, um, if they say like, for example, there's this, this one guy I rolled into his yard or his house and he wanted me to build a shop and he goes, I pull in and I had a brand new truck, you know, and he goes, wow, 
that's an expensive truck. You must be charging a lot of money. This conversation's over. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You can look at it two ways. Either I do charge a lot of money or I know what I'm doing. I'm successful at it because I do well. You pick, you know? Yeah. Anyways, I didn't walk away because, you know, you can't just walk away, you know? It just doesn't, it's not the right thing to do customer service-wise. So I listened to him and I told him that his building would cost 1.2 to 1.3 million to do. Oh, I can get these guys to do it for 600. I said, go for it. You know, so he ended up actually hiring a guy that I know. Um, and, and he called me because the client was a pain in the butt and he wanted to know how to deal with it. And then he talked, I said, what would your budget end up at? He goes, 1.3 million. That's where they ended. Exactly what I told him. Huh. Is exactly what I told them. And this happens to me so often where because I'm a fixed price and I tell them the reality at the beginning because I know what it's going to cost, then another guy comes in, oh, we'll do it at cost plus 10%. You know, it shouldn't be more than, you know, 800 or 600. They actually end up way more at a cost plus. Oh, it's cost plus. So, you know, this costs more. You asked me to do this and you asked me to do that. And, you know, the contractor's like, well, this costs more money. Well, the lumber was this much. As a contractor, you should know what things are going to cost. A hundred percent. But you're already looking at the commodities that are going on. You're not months or years off what the price range is going to be. So when you're submitting a fixed price, you got a good gauge on what it is. I mean, there's a hundred percent. I have, I know everything because the process that we put them through is architecture, engineering, and interior design. Yeah. You complete all those threes. Then as a contractor, you should know exactly what the house is going to cost. There's no question. And if you don't, you're just not confident enough to do it. And you don't want to take quote-unquote, they call it a chance of losing money, but you're not going to lose money if you price it correctly. And I'm not saying overprice it. I'm saying figure out your cost. Price it correctly. Yeah. And what your margins are, what your What what your margins are, what your overhead is. No, if I ask any contractor, I said, hey, what's your margins? What's your percentage? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You should know like quarterly what your overhead is running at, whether Mm -hmm. it's 10%, whether it's 11%, 12.3%. That's your overhead. If you don't know your overhead... You're pricing a job because everyone says cost plus 10 and you're pricing the cost plus 10%. And then they go, why am I not making any money? You know, like is you're just, reviewing your numbers every day. Oh, I review you're my numbers the job, weekly. I should say. You're reviewing the job. I know what every single job is running at to this day because our system, when, when invoices come in, I look at them, I approve them. It goes on into our system against our cost codes. And every single day, I know exactly how much money is spent in every job. And it shows me my profitability by percentage, margin, or markup, as we talked about last yeah, night in dinner. Last night, yeah. So yeah. how much would you say that you're spending on a daily on running the business? You know, um, I, my, my, my days never end, and I'm the kind of guy that... It's never a 9 to 5, right? So it's, just, it's not a 9 to 5. You know, I might be golfing at noon, but I'm still working at 8 p.m., you know? But I work because I want to, and I hate weekends. I told you this. Yeah, like, I can't wait till Mondays. Yeah. yeah, like I sit twirling my thumbs on the weekend, going, "Okay, so I just weekends are great." I and work get on a my hobby business. or something on the weekend. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my wife says you need to do stuff around the house. I said I'm busy. Hire a contractor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I mean you have to work a lot in your business, and and I actually love it. So it's not work to me. It, it isn't work to me. I love figuring out like how to do something a little better, or or how to implement systems that are going to help us all. You know, how to communicate with your staff better. What systems are you using, like Slack or, or you know, Gmail chat, which is a great one that we use, um, or through JobTread, right? 
things like that. The best thing that you said last night I I got away from was um, that most contractors are hiring cheap accountants. Yes, that's a huge one. So a lot of contractors, they'll take the jobs and they'll just do them and they're getting paid and, you know, they just handle money's coming in. Money's coming in. We're working. So you're buying yourself a job and then your accountant, you see him at the end of the year and they go, hey, just so you know, and it happened to me five years ago, you're a nonprofit organization. What do you mean I didn't make any money? And then you have already quoted for the next six months with the same style that you quoted the last six months. Yeah. So for the next six months, you're non-profitable again. So you have to know your numbers instantly. You have to know what percentages you're running at. Um, and JobTread's great at that. It's like literally like a little dashboard that shows you whatever, what's happening everywhere. If you don't know that, you're going to go on. You can't make the right decisions. You can't move the company forward. You can't uh, educate. You can't communicate with your staff or your sub trades, clients. 100%. How do you know how to price the next job if you don't know what you did the last job? So how many jobs you got going on right now? I got seven. Seven going on right now. Is that maxing out? That's over the term of three years. There are massive jobs, about $35 million worth of work. Okay. And then yeah. you're not ready to take on more than that right nope. now? I'm not going to take on any more jobs. What we're doing right now, taking the time now that we're super busy to build a website, as we talked about, build the automation, make it a great client experience throughout the pre-construction process and through construction. Then in about six months from now, we're going to start to do marketing again to get those new clients to start filling up our funnel. And then th- when they go through the funnel, we spit out the ones we want to work with, and then you're booked for another three years again. Rules, compliance, regulations. These are super critical things. We use tools that require high safety standards. We have to meet compliance and regulations at all times, not just for governmental issues. But actually, if we don't, we're risking our own employees. Every tool requires a different kind of training and understanding of how to operate it safely. Every rule needs to be fully understood, who's qualified to do certain jobs, and who's not. All these are important things we managers must take care of to keep safety high at all times. Now, getting it done is way harder than talking about it. But luckily, there's a platform I found that can help out with everything I just mentioned. A great software called Connect Team, which has training and quizzes that you can build in any way you'd like to make sure your employees always know how to handle certain tools. You can see who's done a certain course of quiz, who didn't complete it and can't work with a certain tool until they do. You also have the ability for an update if there's a new regulation you need everybody to be aware of ASAP. And also an easy overview screen to see who saw it. Plus, their schedule allows you to add limitations for certain jobs. So if one of your employees is not qualified to do a certain job, the system will automatically notify you about it. The platform offers a lot more such as easy access to playbooks or hazard reports. Just check them out for yourself. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. So I want to go back a tiny bit to the, the tile bucket. How dramatically has the construction industry changed for you guys? Like, have, What have you guys seen change? Um, I think that finally most contractors and con- construction companies are getting with the times and technology. Technology is huge. That was a huge hurdle for construction. Yeah, and they're now, well, you know what? The, the younger guys are appearing. Like, you talked about this, right? Yeah. Young contractors are actually getting all their systems in place, using their apps and using their softwares. Older contractors are not, but some of the older ones, like myself, I'm not too young, 47, I'm, I still keep up with software. 
some of the older ones are falling behind. And you wonder, like, why I've been, you know, people go, hey, I'm, I've been contracting for 40 years. Why is this young guy, you know, doing better than me? Because you're not adapting. You're yeah. not changing. Yeah. I had, um, sorry, Jerry Hermes. He told me this, uh, a finisher. He says to me, hey, I'm working down the street for another contractor. I think guy hates you. I'm like, why does he hate me? What did I do to the guy? So he doesn't know you and all your fancy work trucks and all uh, plastered with Versa homes all over. Who do you think you are? He says, I'm like, that's called marketing. Your messaging. Totally. And this is an old style contractor that thinks that word of mouth is going to get him all the jobs. But when things like COVID hit, word of mouth ain't going to help you. It's marketing that's going to help you. It became a digital word of mouth, right? Yeah. So anyways, not a big deal, but it just shows you the mentality of an old contractor with a new contractor. How is this guy that's been doing building homes for six, seven years doing 10 times better than me when I've been building homes for 40? Because he kept up with the changes that life brings to the construction industry. How do you guys see the construction 10 years from now? I mean, there's a lack of well, trades coming in. I mean, going, going back to that question, though, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's much different, to be honest with you. Really? No. I oh, think the software is. Well, I think I think the tools that are tools, systems, right softwares, now. processes. No, still. Uh, well, I think it's easy to, to to sit here and talk about how great things are now, but to get here, there's only one way to get to it in construction, and it's only through experience. A hundred percent. So I think, you know, to say a trade's going to take any job. Well, we all did at some point, of course, right? Yeah. Like you have to, you have certain responsibilities, and it's the guys that that want more and figure out what their niche is like you didn't become a high-end custom home builder no day one it took a long no, time a long to get there well it's to not figure it, it out what take, your skill set is and it I, didn't take that long. so i don't think that changes that, right. that, that, that yeah. pattern still is there for everybody to go through to figure out what it is that they're going to excel at i don't think the majority of new builders are getting dirty long enough and yeah. so it's interesting that you just said that it didn't take you that long but still a long time. Uh, yeah. But, but hang on a second. My building experience started in high school. Yes. So, 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 so yes, as a building and a company, it didn't take me that long. But all I've ever done was music or construction. Yeah. But, but, but there's, you, not, there's, not, there's, too many, there's not too many people that start a, a GC construction building unless it's inherited from their family or something. There's like a that. lot yeah. of that. Yeah. But yeah. I think what, what you did Bootstrap was you it. didn't no. focus. Okay, so you, you had the dirt already in you yeah from the earlier days and yeah. you already experienced the dirt for a certain amount of time yeah what you didn't have in you was the systems to make this more efficient yeah the, what i'm my, what i'm trying to get at is that most tradespeople stay dirty and keep yeah. going down that road and don't stop and mm -hmm. pull over to pay attention to new ideas new opportunities new That's products right. new anything i think you nailed it they're stuck in the ways of what they've always been taught it, or yeah. seen well yeah. that, that's or what they hear yeah mm -hmm. uh, you know what's funny they hear what like hey how much are you charging percentage wise that's like the like, going con like yeah. yeah like you know what oh it's cost plus 10 no it's not it's cost plus your overhead plus your profit you yeah. choose what you're going to make you choose what your overhead's going to be and that's how you price a job and that's how you fix price a job but see, you it's also not what Joe you built says. a brand that attracts a certain clientele. Yeah. That takes effort and design. Like but what attracted those people? What attracted the business owners? What You know what? Everything, everything that had nothing to do with swinging a hammer. 
That's right. That was the last the, thing. The, on the systems. List. Yes. The, 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 the work the, itself, the quality and the detail and the grand yeah. and all that stuff, that's yeah. there. Yeah. It's almost as if they were looking for the systems and they're like, we already know the work's there. Yeah. We already know the detail, the finish and the quality. We know it's but, there. But what's the process? But we want the process. Yeah. Exactly. And, and yeah, that, but what and came the first, the, the, the system or the desire to be more efficient? Hmm. The desire to be more efficient. Exactly. It, yeah. You can't do yeah. one with, one comes before the other. Yeah. Right? You, you have to desire to be more efficient. The reason why you desire to be more efficient because all business is the same. It's all about turns. Mm -hmm. Can you fit one more turn in? Which is, can you reduce hours? Can you add mm -hmm. more to your schedule? And the only way to do that is to get efficient. Then that makes you look at systems. Then you put yeah. those two together, and then you market it to the customer. But you don't start that way. But most so trades are stuck. It, that's, it, the, if you, that's the change. The change is, is today people have access to this information because of the podcast like this. Yeah. Where before, when you talk about the old guy, mm -hmm. did, I mean, it was all closed book. Nobody was sharing anything back Nothing. then. Yeah. Nowadays, a lot of sharing. Yeah. So yeah. you know, when we were doing it, we would give discounts to to high end customers. Here's your price. Here's your price with a discount. If you sit and talk with us after the job's done, if you're satisfied, and tell us about your business. The same way that your mentor yeah. put you in touch with someone to talk to. We have to source that out on our own. Yeah. Now, that's that's probably the only change, I would say, is that young guys getting into this or young girls get into this now can access this quicker to find out what other successful oh, you, people you have done. That's why I think you've done split up in time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, but learning what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and what's going to be your specialty that has not sped up at all. No. no, it's it's almost stayed pretty consistent. Yeah. Right? But the thing is that there are new products, new techniques, and all this other stuff, and you can get the education for all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think if you spent more time not swinging the hammer and more time understanding the pencil, yeah. you'll have a faster, more efficient, more profitable it's business. A, you have to remember one thing. You are a business owner responsible for your employees and your trades. Yeah. So... You have to run a good business to keep everybody moving because you're essentially responsible for their families, their kids. Totally. You lay people off. Lots of people. They're going to suffer, you know, yes. that kind of stuff. So the most responsible thing you can do is work on your business, not in your business. There's many people that can do the job, many people that can run a construction company and many trades and workers that can do what you do. You're not the best at, you know, swinging a hammer. You got to get be the best at running your business so that all these people can swing a hammer. Yeah, but it's it's hard to jump over swinging a hammer to be able to be good at managing people to swing hammers. Well, I, well I was forced you have to, to have it. a bit oh, of that. Yeah, you're 100 percent right, and that's the problem. Is that I'm sure that when you were laid up, your yeah. job site was a ghost town. It was quiet. Nothing was going on, mm -hmm. and that's all you were visualizing in your head. Going, yeah. But I think if more trades actually did that to themselves, they're going, listen, we're not going in on Thursdays and Fridays. We're going to focus on building the business on Thursdays and Fridays. Yeah. yeah. And just keep it a ghost town. Let the client know. Keep communication going. Yeah. But if you take that time and spend those 16 hours working yeah. on the business. At some point, everybody has to stop and sharpen the axe before you go back uh, and chop more sure. wood. And, and that's all that this was. You were forced sharpen that out and you're, you, when you're I'm laid sharpening it every single <laughs> yeah. day so that's the habit you gain from it but everybody a, has to get to that point to meditate example. on what they're going to do yeah perfect example i just finished my website it looks beautiful what do i do i read a book called the brand story <laughs> i go back to my my marketing girl and and dave my um uh videographer said guys i need you to read this book download it read it whatever you want to do you know company pays for it I want you to spend seven hours today reading this book. Let's regroup, read the stuff on the website, and make sure our messaging is exactly what this book says. So I thought I had a dialed website, 
and today I got a draft of the new content on there. Evolution. Right? Just keep doing it better. Keep changing it. Keep making sure that everything is good. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to fail. And if you don't fail, well, you're not going to learn learning. and improve and then come up with the new ideas. No. I, and listen, I'm, I'm probably signing shiny and that we're great at what we do, but it did not come without mistakes. Of course. Mistakes are the best thing you can do in your business to learn. But if you do the mistake twice, that's a different story. That's a different story. But yeah. you also have a team that you have brought into the circle where they're all taking pride in the work that's being done that when a mistake does happen, yeah. everybody contributes into the solution. Oh, they're, they're all great. They're, they're problem solvers. Um, and we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. I taught my site supers especially. I said, listen, guys, we can get frustrated about a trade not cutting and molding properly or not doing this or that. But if you get mad, you're just going to get frustrated and you're not going to have a good time. But instead of saying I'm the site foreman, say I'm the problem solver. Yeah. If you say to yourself that you're a problem solver, not a foreman, your whole view on how you approach a situation changes like that. It's more of a militant like, yeah. explanation on it, right? How you look at yeah. it as a team effort and there's a, a problem and you have to solve it, right? 100%. So that's how it is in construction. But a lot of guys don't, they, they can't. I get asked all the time. I think I mentioned that to you last night. I was like going, like, how did you decide to finally get off the tools? And I said, the moment I decided I wanted to be more of a teacher. Yeah. I wanted to share what I've experienced. I've experienced mm -hmm. enough. That's right. I'll probably get back on the tools one day, but it'll be for a specific project or something like that. Yep. And, you know, hopefully the joints and everything will be fine and I can keep on doing that. But when there's going to be heavy lifting, I'm going to bring the young guys in to do that yep. and then let them take care of it. And mean, I'll like, listen, I'm educating you right now. So just yeah. lift that shit up for me, please. That's right. Take care of it then. But that's, you're a teacher now. You yeah. need to pass on, yeah. you're Miyagi. It's as simple as that. You're just passing it on to him. Well, the older we get, that's what we do. And you pass it down to the next generation. You know, why, why retain it? Keep it to yourself, and then you go to the grave with it. And whether you like it or not, you are always training the competition. <laughs> whether you like it or not, and it's going to happen, and it's okay. So to might train. as well make a friend of it. It's okay to train the competition. Yeah. You can't do all the work yourself. There's so much construction. You just got to know where to find it. So if I train, say Josh, and and he becomes my competition, you know he's not going to hurt me. I'm actually helping him. Get something going. But he's going to also probably challenge you to come up with a new way to do things. That 100%. He, and then back. Oh, look what Josh is doing. Exactly. Jeez, you know, he learned from me, but he's done that much better. You know, let's look into that. You know, you just always have to learn and then pay attention. You got the YouTubes, you got the Instagrams, you got Well, it's funny podcasts, how you, in right? history you got a lot of rivals in certain segments of industries like you know obviously ferrari and lamborghini so you've got competition going on but there really isn't in the construction industry. there isn't it's either people don't embrace the competition do you really have competition between ferrari and lamborghini or are you growing a class where the market share grows in both companies win? That, the, well that's exactly what happens yeah right because now you've found a new market you built both entities yeah, and you're you keep building going. you're building market share together whether you like yeah. not. the same way if he's training up yeah. his his competition he's already educating his customers the people he's training up understand how to now educate customers. So the pool of customers that are looking for this type of contractor, in fact, grows, right? It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's yeah. what exactly so the education means. expands. If out. you look at it that way, yeah. that person's not going to go out there. And like that other older guy talking shit about your 
like you know, all these trucks are everywhere. That yeah. guy's not going to do that. No. He's going to be like, I want to be in the same level as Versa. Yeah. I want Versa to be better totally. than me this month. I'm yeah. going to be better than Versa next month. Yeah. And you're growing the and industry. All of a sudden, now you're comparing apples to apples. Yes. You're not up against the person who comes yes. in and says, hey, I'll do 10% on 600 grand when it's really going to be 1.3. You don't more go people, down. You don't go down. More people now going, this is how you do it. So the mm-hmm. industry changes from the education that you pass on. Yeah. And, then, and you got to also, this is a big, big thing in getting a job. You have to understand that it's really not your work and your processes that really get you the job. They're, yes, a bonus. Is do you click with your client? Personality. 99% of clients buy emotionally. They don't buy because you have great systems and you have great construction. If Manny says, hey, you should use Philippe at Versa Homes. He's amazing. Client comes to me and, you know, goes to another builder and, you know, checks him out, but he wasn't recommended, I have a 90% chance that I'm getting that job because you said that I was good and because that client is, like, feels safe. And then you have to have that conversation with the client and connect too, right? Make it may sure. not happen all the time. And no, it doesn't. But it that's might, no. totally natural. No, you have be to fine. be okay. Remember we talked about this yeah, yesterday? you should be totally fine with it. You have to be okay about not landing a job. And that's part of the process. That's part of the funnel. I think the moment that you are okay and let let it go another job another opportunity is going to come you have to leave the door open if you get stuck in a job that you lost you close that door and no one's coming to see you if you open it up and you you just hey thank you very much uh sorry it didn't work out let it go more comes in it's as simple as that yeah it's that simple don't dwell on these things you know just keep moving forward you guys ever going to get back into tiling (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we should do it just for fun right, yeah. what are you doing friday night i think yeah. the professionals are like get the hell out man just get the hell out <laughs> leave it to uh, us kids man no but josh and i are gonna start something i think yeah, yeah absolutely we're gonna do something soon because you know construction wise yeah yeah i think we're gonna develop a few things yeah yeah so the wheels are still spinning they're still spinning yeah i Roll think or die yeah. yeah we have to right we started together or I started with him, in a sense. Uh, um, and then we did say, what did we say when we were in high school that we were going to do? Oh, yeah, you mentioned it. Like, yeah. Yeah, we both said, you and I are going to do something special. Yeah. Right? It's happening now. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? For Josh and I, the bar is never good enough. It just isn't. And not because we're trying to get more, but it's just that's the type of people we are. This is not good enough. People go, wow, you're doing yeah. amazing. I'm like, no, I'm not doing good yet. We, we were not the cool kids in no. school. No, we, <laughs> no. Were, we were the nerds. I was uh, not part of 90210. Yeah. So when we went out to do Now I'm aging thing, myself. We thought we were missing out when we were really, we were just laughing everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we just, we like to push. Yeah. Push, so push, push. what do you say to all the guys, all the trades that are working <laughs> in the industry that just say that there's not the opportunity here, which is total BS, right? There's plenty of opportunity in, in today's construction industry. There's tons. You just have to know where to find it. Now, let's go back to those days when Josh and I were trying to tile, okay? You have to use the internet in your favor. Yeah. Podcast, uh, be a teacher, all that kind of stuff. Do you remember when you bought your first car? Yeah. You probably saw, let's say, a Honda Civic drive by, and you're like, oh, that's cool. How did you find out about like if you wanted to know about the car, what did you have to do back in the day? Back in the day, you were flipping an auto trader. 
But but if you wanted to learn, <laughs> if you wanted to learn about the car, what the options are—that's how are, old I am. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> no, I know, I know. You have to go to, to the dealership, <laughs> right? You go to the dealership, and the sales guy has to sell you on the car. Want to tell take you it for a everything? Want to take it for a spin? Yeah, take tell you everything about it. Look, it's got this, it's got that, and you sit there and listen to the guy, and then finally you go, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll buy that car. I love it." Right? Today's world is not like that. Today's world is. I will learn everything about what I want. Then I'll go to the dealership and I need you to facilitate the sale. The salesman does not have to sell. As a matter of fact, the clients that walk into the car dealership, they've already made the decision. They know more than the salesman. Yeah. The salesman just needs to make facilitate everything. And it's the same thing with construction. Look, if you wanted me to build your house, what are you going to do first? You're not just going to come and ask me. No. You're going to look you up. You're going to look me up. I'm you're going to ask people. You're going to do this yes. and that. So the mistake that most contractors do is when you show up to, to the office, we're trying to sell you. And I used to make this mistake. Oh, well, we do this and this is how we do it. And we build like this and we do ICF and triple pane windows and blah, blah, blah. And the client's like, blah, 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 blah. Too much info. I just want you to build me a house. I already looked at you. I already know that you're good. Why, you know, why are you telling me you all this? You sold me. I yeah. just need you not to sell me. They literally just want to go, hey, how do we go about building a house? They're here to see if they like you because they're going to spend a year or two with you and if you can connect with them. And how do you start? Think about that. When you get a person coming into your office, you don't have to sell. Sell with your ears. You just have to pay attention, give them what they're looking for, which is how do we start? You tell them how you start and then away you go. It's really simple if you think about it. It is that simple now. They've already Everybody's Googled just you. overcomplicated in it, right? That's as simple as that, right? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, your question about young guys getting into the industry, I think uh, I think it's good for, for, for guys to be getting into this industry. Construction is one of the foundations that contribute to every economy. Yep. And if you learn anything from the pandemic, which we've all experienced for the first time, it was an essential service. So when lots of people were, were sitting at home, Guys who are in construction were the ones who were able to find ways to, to make it work. And I think that's been a staple of almost every economy in every country. But I think Manny is right, though. That there is there is a, a lack of um, trades coming up. There is not many people that are taking They don't see the opportunities. I, I think that they're totally no, they're all, to them. They're all like computer, uh, software, working from home. But the good thing about that is that you will be the godfather of construction if you get into construction, meaning like there's going to be fewer companies that can do a job because of lack of labor. But you just described what you did to revamp your business and prepare it. You were doing it from home, from a computer, yep. studying it. Yep. You weren't on the job site. No, but, the, but but I did do a lot of learning on the job site. You can't just... No, no, still, no that's not, you still get the dirty, right? Yeah, but they don't want to get dirty at the beginning. Right, so so you still need the knowledge of construction. You can't be a general contractor without knowing the knowledge of construction. Oh, there's Tra- some out there. Well, yeah, but tra- <laughs> trades are going to step all over you if you don't know what you're talking about. No, you I know, know that, and you need to carry your tone. Right? That's so right. It's just like, and they would, we know trades yeah. will know, right? You got to build a good home, and you have to have the knowledge behind you. Yes, I'm in a computer now and in the, behind the desk most of the time, but I already did all the dirty stuff. The problem with the young people is that they don't want to do the dirty stuff before they get to be a contractor. I've had many young guys like, I want to be like you. Can you, can you, can you help me? I want to start my own construction company. I'm like, yeah, I totally would love to help you, but you need to go do construction first and, and learn about it. Right. You can't just, 
have a, a program and a the software. The dirty stuff gets you to solving problems because, like you said earlier, you're a problem solver. You're not yeah. a tradesperson. You're a problem 100%. solver, right? Yeah. So the dirtiness gets you that, right? So yeah, absolutely. It's it experience. ain't the fishnet stocking dirty. It <laughs> was like yeah, <laughs> different kind of dirty. And that goes that for point. everything. Josh is the same way. He he did a lot of legwork before that, and you know, visited so many job sites and. But you were getting a grasp of your end user. You were trying to figure out how do I give you more efficient? How do I give you a better pro- How do I help you? That's how do I make an improvement for every stakeholder? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's, uh, it's, it's the architect. How do, I, how do I make the, allow the architect to design the best building that they can so it's a business card for them to show other customers in the future? How do I make the engineer reduce his liability because we've designed out all the liability in our system. How do I make it so that an installer wants to do this because it's 1.1 pounds per square foot and there's no dust and it's clean and he can get it on quickly. How do I make it so that the homeowner who, you know, you go back into the two thousands and the the, the key phrase was uh, maintenance free. I want a maintenance free this Uh. or maintenance free that. Well, where we are now, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And it has to be responsibility free. So nobody wants to do any yard work <laughs> anymore. They just don't have time for it. Yeah. So that's that's kind of our obligation is how do we make a win for everybody who gets involved in our in our products? Yeah, your product is pretty advanced when it comes to like Pascal's and wind factors and yeah. and rain screen fire rating and, durab- and fire rating yeah. durability. So imagine if you don't have to send a guy to 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 clean no a copying. building that's you know forty stories yeah. high and it has because it's fast self cleans on it. right. It like we, we can way. design the slopes into it so. The building cleans itself at the beginning of a rainfall. Yeah. You know? uh, it's technical, but, it, I mean, and every engineer is going to say, this is what I want. It's not going to give me issues with wind. It's not going to leak. Yeah. You know, it self-cleans and looks good forever. I'm going to spec Josh's product. Yeah. You know? We're getting close to the end here, but I definitely want to ask both you gentlemen. Uh, you obviously do some traveling. Yeah. Um, any particular building technique or building detail that you've seen either in Canada, out of Canada, that you've appreciated or even something that you built that you actually like that you you were seen or part of it i don't travel that that much yeah so i'm somewhere in a different city every week and i would say that there's a tremendous opportunity in in what what's happening in building sciences Mm -hmm. so with with waterproofing and insulation and r values and all that sort of stuff which um it's just going to create a tremendous amount of opportunity for people to come in and problem solve. So you make an adjustment to approve this and the unintended consequences is now that they need a solution around it with, for something else on the, on the, on the uh, building facade. So I think it's, or even in, in the interiors, there's just so much more going into the, the actual performance technology around, around buildings, homes and things like that. And as that, that continues, it's just going to create more, I mean, and more opportunities. Yeah. We're getting personally some good information from people that we get training from as a contractor in BC. Anyways, we have to do training to yep. keep our license. Right. Yeah. And there is a company called building it right. Uh, that they do all walls, wall assemblies and efficient building. And you should check them out. Yeah. They are awesome. And, and you know, they take you into classrooms and show you 10 different wall assemblies. You can do now to meet code with two, you could you can frame a house with two by fours. As long as you have insulation, you know, it depends what style of, of insulation you want to do in your home. Or you can build it with two by eight every 24 inches, you know. It depends how you do it. But um, they teach you ways and test what you do um, to make sure that the performance of what you're doing is, is, is good. We did window installs. 
They tested it to a thousand pascals. They teach you how to do it so it doesn't leak. It's amazing. Which I, I love all those systems, and I love that it's happening. A lot of it happens on commercial settings, first of all, right? Yeah. And then eventually it gets it's coming trickled to down to residential. But where the concern is that if you get the wrong builder and the wrong boots on the ground, not understanding that new technique system and implementing yeah. it. Yeah. We don't use uh, Tyvek and Blueskin on Windows. Well, that, you know, First of all, I think it just should be... Yeah. gone like same with scratch code it should be gone we, like, we use back dams we we use you know superior membranes like sephora yeah. like um it, it, the way that we they taught us how to put in a window was pretty eye-opening because we we got told to put the window together with tyvek and blue skin which is your basic thing yeah they literally put it into this machine and threw water at it and and you know picked up the wind and it leaked at 500 pascals which is not bad 500 is pretty harsh yeah um, but then when they told us to do it a different way, so everybody in the class was building their own window and, you know, you built it how they told you to, went back in the machine and they hit a thousand pascals. So building practices that they're teaching here in Canada for our weather is kind of where I want to start keep learning, you know? Yeah, because that's what's going to happen. Now. Yeah. You're going to need to do that because clients are going to start asking for that. Yeah. Like properly done. How you build in Vancouver and how you will, uh, you build in like Whitehorse. <laughs> Totally different. It's completely Cold, different. ice, yep. you know, compared to rain, rain, rain. Yeah. Um, you know, it's different building practices, right? All right, gentlemen, you ready for the 12 questions of construction? Woo! Share your deets again, all the uh, the websites and everything. Yeah, so Felipe from Versa Homes, www.versahomes.com, Instagram, at Versa Homes. Uh, you can also find me in, on Facebook and LinkedIn, same, same handle. Same handle, yeah, as well. Yeah. You feed all of them that equally? I try to. Uh, Dave, I post on Instagram, and Dave, I tag him, and then when he sees it, he puts it on LinkedIn and TikTok and uh, and Facebook. But it's just a marketing expenditure that you know that you you need it for the business. Yeah. You know, um, I like Facebook the most because that's where all your friends are. You're old enough to like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not even old. Like That's where your friends are, and yeah. who hires you? The people that trust you, of the course. people that know you because they're buying emotionally of course you know? we do the exact same thing yeah everybody does it's human nature right yeah josh yeah josh with uh engaged building products uh with product brands fast plank quick panels and easy trim uh if you're a contractor out there that wants to expand uh your offerings feel free to reach out to us and meet with one of our local reps in every province and every state uh, if you want to get some training, we'll send you out some material for your warehouse so that you can get your guys trained up, time time the efficiencies uh, with our installation techs. So. Are you certified? Yeah, well, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he brought a guy, like I said, Micah. He was great. Taught us everything. All right, ready? Uh, what everyday sound brings you guys joy? What construction sound? You know, any, any everyday. It can be anything. Uh, everyday sound. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a podcast slash book audiobook audiobook guy. so if that's playing in the background i love it yeah josh what everyday sound brings me joy uh pro probably like just at the end of the day listening to the birds eating out of the bird feeder <laughs> <laughs> soothing <laughs> yeah. soothing i need the noise i get yeah. bored i got fomo what is your favorite beverage Ooh, old-fashioned yeah i'm a i'm a red wine guy mm. yeah from where? Uh, I, like, uh, I like Amarone's. I like BC wine. I like Napa wine. What's your least favorite tool, gentlemen? Whew. 
least favorite tool. Let me think about this. Oh God! Don't worry, you won't I, make enemies. No, I won't. But I just love every tool. Let me let me think. Really? I just I love tools. This one's easy for me. Running a jackhammer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> least favorite tool? Does Mine's it? It's a Dewalt oscillating tool. Yeah. Does it have to be like a, a worksite tool? No, it could be any tool in the world, actually. I hate Excel. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Business guy, right? Exactly. What turns you on, gentlemen, creatively? Um, honestly, perfection level straight. If I see something that's just built perfectly, I just love it. You love crown in, crown out, crown in, crown out? Yeah, I, lo I love that. I, I order better lumber all the time, make sure everything is perfect. Nice. Yeah. If not, it drives me crazy. Yeah, I like... I like design challenges when, when the design team says, you know, it can't be done and then you know, really think about it and come back with them with some, yeah. some options to at least try, you know. Yeah. What word or concept do you guys find overused these days? Visibility. Visibility? Visibility study. Oh. I hear that all day long. Oh. Client, client calls, hey, I want to build a, a home. And the designer will say, well, let's do a visibility study and see if we can get this home for you. It's out west. Drives eh? me nuts. It's out west, huh? Yeah. Should probably happen here too. Probably does happen. No, it right. does happen, but they, the, the word drives me crazy. I don't know why. <laughs> Visibility. Feasibility? Feasibility. Mm. Yeah. Means like, let's see if what we the challenges are and we can do this for you. Of course you can do it. You don't need a feasibility study. Just design it to fit. Anyways, that word I don't like. Any thoughts, Josh? Um, just can't. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Oh, obviously, I think everybody has that one. It's universal. Fuck. <laughs> Depends if you're Irish. It's a different word usually. Yeah. There's always been other kinds of words, but yeah, the F bond go to one. Yeah. Uh, favorite vehicle in the entire world? Any mode of transportation? Ooh, for me, it's been Lamborghini forever. Particular yeah. model? Um, they keep changing. Uh, I had the Gallardo, which I really liked. Josh has a, what, what do you have? Um, Ventador S. Ventador, yeah. Yeah, I love Lambos. Uh, I would say Ferrari, LaFerrari. Particular model? LaFerrari. Oh, sorry, LaFerrari. Yeah. yeah. I knew that. Uh, what do you guys miss from your childhood? <laughs> uh, freedom. Man, everybody's been saying freedom. freedom eh? Well, you know, when you, you run around carelessly, not worrying yes, about you anything. Do. Right? Carelessly. Let me go over there. Let yeah. me fall over here. Yeah. Let me bump and bruise here. Now it's like, you have to go there. You have to go here. <laughs> you need to do this. You need to do that. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, honestly, like those super bad nights, you know? That movie super bad where you, you go anywhere the wind blows, you know that yes man mentality. Yeah. Just saying <laughs> whatever's <laughs> gonna happen. Yes, just say yes. Just and whatever. Who knows happen. where you're gonna end up? Yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> what term or phrase resonates with you guys? What Ooh. you're all about? How do we get started? <laughs> I love that one. What term or phrase? Uh, I mean, one, one that we made up in the company called ETU. And? That one gets us going. It's uh, called Easy Trim Universe. 
So it's when just things just happen positively one after another, and you can't, you can't stop the flow of great things that, that, that happen. Unplanned. ETU. Yeah. ETU. Easy ETU. trim universe. If you could master a skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? For me, I'm a bit of a car nut. Everybody knows that. I can't keep a car longer for than six months, and then I do it up and transform it. And I think I've always said, man, if I would have known better about cars early on, I would have a custom car building shop. That's me. I just I love cars. Another gas monkey or something. I would love to like know how to work on cars more. I do work on them a bit. There's still time. Yeah, there's yeah. You don't want to buy uh, Versa Homes and I'll switch. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, uh, probably like I don't know an accomplished pianist or something like that. That's yeah, fun, right? Yeah, sit down at a hotel lobby and open up the grand piano and rock it out. <laughs> the ability to just play whatever anything, you want. yeah, yeah. be fun. If you could speak to a historical figure, who would it be? What would you guys ask? Ooh, Jimi Hendrix for me. Good wow. one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I love Jimmy. Being a guitar player and, and, you know, I grew up listening to him and trying to play like him, but it's just... Left hand. Yeah, we got time. <laughs> uh, I think it would be interesting to have a conversation with, like, Abraham Lincoln or something like that and see how his brain worked. He never accepted failure. No. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Uh, I would say, great job. Get your butt down there again. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) And now here's what I need you to do next. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) It ain't over. It ain't over. (laughs) Damn. Gentlemen, absolute pleasure having you guys on the show. Really appreciate the conversation. We appreciate man, and you, you and share it. So it's just, I know that a lot of uh, young and old are listening. Yeah. They may not contribute or they may not engage or whatever, but they're listening. Yeah. So that's what I really for appreciate sure. about it. So it's fun. No, we appreciate that you having great. us. And thanks for coming into uh, TO here, into the T dot, and uh, making your way over here into the studio. It's always a better conversation instead of on the Zoom call, right? So it is a great excuse to come here and enjoy the nightlife. <laughs> 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 yeah. Really, thanks for. Thanks for having me. It's good. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. That's it. We're all done. We're all good. So everybody can check you guys out and then reach out to you guys and have a conversation and go from there. And then obviously check out your, your panels and everything and the trim. They're going to be interested and in check it out, right? So awesome. it's, I love that it's grown. I love yeah. that it's grown yeah. really well, right? So yeah. And then keep making these projects. They're insane. Keep going at it. <laughs> There's plenty more clients still out there, man. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank right you, Angelina.